Yo, what up, though? This is Esham, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. Yo, what up, though, man? This is Big Greg, and you rocking with the Connected Experience. This is Premier Pete, and you're rocking with the Connected Experience. Chill. Oh, yeah, this Jay Prince coming at you live and in living color, and you rocking with the Connect Experience. Yo, what's up, everybody? It's comedian TK Kirkland, a.k.a. T to the motherfucking K. And when I'm in Detroit, you already know what it is. I listen to the Connected Experience. You should, too. Connected. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. And we the Connected Experience. Bro, what's the Connected Experience? A lifestyle. The lifestyle. Our, our lifestyle. lifestyle. Uh, it's streaming pretty well. Cause pretty, I know that show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the book is out. It's the book out. is doing pretty well. Anybody listening, uh, go to uh, wherever you get your ebooks from and order Animal Instinct, The Urban Jungle. It's a short. It's a short book. You know what I'm saying? Right. I'm about to start working on number two, right. but I'm also about to start writing a totally different book. You know oh, what I'm oh, saying? Oh, now you're an author because I remember you saying like, I don't want to be. No, no, person. but I, I'm writing I'm that because somebody lays me up with some game yeah. about you know you what I'm it. saying yeah how to yeah. do it it's so. always a method to madness when people yeah, yeah release yeah. a lot of so stuff so what I'm not gonna do is be stuck in a genre okay. that's, that's, that's what I'm not gonna do so right. just cause this is an urban fantasy book Animal Instinct 2 is obviously gonna be an urban fantasy book but the other book it might be a time period piece it might be whatever you know what I'm saying that's yeah. actually what it's gonna be but <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I just ain't saying what time period but yeah. so yeah. that's what I'm working on that's now. fucking phenomenal thanks man I appreciate <laughs> it thanks for all your help man yeah, I appreciate yeah, everything yeah, you've been doing yeah. booking these interviews and stuff for me man yeah because yeah. yeah. that's what the agency do yeah and then you know Jay taking the pictures man wait till they see this merch that I got man yeah. wait till I break out this merch which actually has nothing to do with, with uh, Animal Instinct yeah. the Urban Jungle which just yeah. has to do with being an author so yeah, yeah, man, it's crazy. Like, well, well, not to me, but to people, it may be they may think it's crazy. Like, how we like if they just follow the journey of just listening to the podcast. How you said you wanted to write a book, and then like it's out now. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Then, ebook only, right, right. Now. Ebook only, right now. But to see that uh, process, and now if anybody know us, they know that's our thing. We in love with the process. Like, yeah, yeah. The first step the, is the best the, step. The, the first step is the best step because after that is no such thing as a finish line. Because this book go live forever. Forever, yeah. yeah. Right. And and this book could go on to sell millions of copies and you never yeah. even see it because it might sell millions of it copies. Might, it in might take off. years. Yeah, you know what I'm you saying? But Shelby owns everything that got yeah. to do with this book. So yeah. this is hate to sound cliche, but this is creating generational wealth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Percy Miller. All right, yeah, yeah. So you got a word? Uh, man, I do have a word. And I, you know what, though, before I get my word, right? So, you know, we do a lot of things that's connected experience. And one of them that we, uh, one of our niches was life after felonies. And that was our niche because we live a life after felonies. Right. I almost forgot that we had felonies at one point, bro. Hey, man, I was filling out some stuff for jury duty because I'm all about jury duty, right? I and can't I wait to go. Know, right. And I, and I was like, I don't even have to put that because it don't even exist no more. You, you got to be careful with jury duty though because they will you you like so because i want to get on like a murder case or a, a real case you know what i'm saying you want to be instrumental yeah but i know sometimes when that because when we was going to pick our jury they wasn't about to put people on there who would agree with us so you might have to go they in don't there. know what i agree with right because that's none of their yeah. business right so you got to be careful yeah i do uh, but i got a word my word is prosecution the institution and carrying on of legal proceedings against a person uh what about you my word is judge a public official appointed to decide cases in a court of law wow. uh actually i forgot to even say why i was saying about life after felonies because this is something different this is a life with no felonies because our guest today uh she's running for uh well, we're going to let her tell you what she's running for. But if she get in the play, you might not even have to have a felony. You know, we we spoke briefly. We like to speak briefly with our guests when we see them in person. And 
just by her telling us where she's from, I can understand she know how certain stuff go. Right, right, right. right. Versus somebody else who never been there or never even known somebody who might not have ate at night or all crazy things people say they do crime for, right? So this is a life with no felonies because hopefully if you see her and it's not as bad as you think and you won't get a felony maybe you just need to be reinserted to the community with some community service anything right <laughs> you know right right so who is our guest today uh today we have victoria burton harris oh so you kept your name hyphenated i'm a big fan of no hyphenated last names yeah, yeah. you know what i'm saying because well, i gotta tell you don't give me too much credit my <laughs> husband's name is hyphenated oh, oh so wait that's a first that's yes, a first yeah so my husband um his last name is hyphenated because he um had a his biological father um, died when he was a small child about the age of five. Okay. His mom married someone um, who helped her raise him right. and... Which would be the Harris. Exactly. Yeah. And so... You think, he his, can, you think he can to Clifford? Clifford Harris? That's, that's, that's T.I. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, why do I know that name? That's T.I., right? Yeah. I doubt it. Okay. No, yeah, his mom, as a social worker, wanted him to have both of his identities. Yeah. That's real, um, though. No matter that's where real. he I went. Could. And so now I wanted to have the same identity um, once we got married, and I wanted our son to have the same last name. So um, we are all three Burton Harris. That's crazy. I've never heard of that. Like, yeah. yeah, that's dope, though, yeah. because... So like, I'm a fan of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But if it was like, your last name, and nah, out of here. Yeah, no. it ain't gonna work. Yeah, it ain't gonna work. Not so, in America, at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get in your, uh, your story. Tell us about Grow. Well, first of all, what? we introduced you and we said you was running for office. Could you tell us what you are actually running for? I am running to be the next Wayne County prosecutor. Okay. So, okay. So the, the current Wayne County prosecutor is... Uh, Kim Worthy? Correct. And uh, I could say it. You probably can't say it, but yo, Kim Worthy is something else, man. Oh. Um, like, like, straight up. I got a theory. Oh, why she act like that? But I won't say that theory while you aren't here because I won't want them to tie that theory to anything that you got going on. No, we need that for the podcast to blow. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but uh, so before we like get into your story, like most people, we know who lawyers are defense attorneys, right? So kind of talk about why you will want to be the, the well, lead prosecutor. Explain what of. a prosecuting attorney is, because these are terms that people hear, but they don't be knowing. They don't, they don't have no clue what be going on in the court. And I think that's why a lot of people get slammed, because they don't know these legal terms and stuff. So could you explain what a prosecuting attorney is and why would you have to run for it? Absolutely. So a prosecuting attorney, um, I like to break things down um, the same way that I break things down to my clients. I'm a criminal defense attorney as well. And I believe that you can't empower people unless they know um, what's happening to them and around them. So that takes education and it takes you breaking things down um, to a, a molecular level. So a prosecutor... A prosecutor is essentially a gatekeeper to the criminal justice system. Right. The prosecutor decides who to charge, what charges to file against that person, how to dispose of those charges. They advocate for um, a particular sentence. Um, they oftentimes advocate for a particular bail. Um, so a prosecutor is... Um, the first person that you encounter and can decide whether to bring you into the system or to keep you out and to, to divert you out of the criminal justice system.
system. And what I do know through reading books about Johnny Cochran and all that, all the best criminal defense attorneys were prosecutors at one time. And that's a connections game. Like, I, I, I know you're familiar with Johnny Cochran, but, like, I read his books. And, like, he was a, a prosecutor. And that's how he knew that he could take that OJ case and, like, really beat it because he knew every tactic that they would try to use. So by you being a defense attorney, for, or, you, or have you ever worked in a prosecutor's office? No. To be honest with you, the idea of being a prosecutor initially repulsed me. Um, and the reason why <laughs> that is is because um, I consider myself to be a people's lawyer. Mm. Charles Hamilton Houston, um, a prominent African-American lawyer, Harvard-educated. Um, dean of Howard Law School. Um, he had. Let me ask you this: What do you think was most important out of the two things you just said about him? That he was the dean of Howard Law School. Okay, I'm just, I'm just, hey, hey, yeah, because yeah. prosecutor now people. Okay, so this is what people automatically go assume uh, associate you with would be running for the Wayne County prosecutor that you're some type of sellout. That's just it because well, I'm, that's I'm what getting they to see. that. Yeah, I'm okay. getting to that. So again, I didn't like that idea. People had asked me for almost a year, "Would you run for prosecutor?" Former clients would ask me. Um, I had community leaders. I had um, heads of social justice organizations locally here in Detroit. Um, there were uh, collaboratives nationwide that are focused on changing um, the landscape and, and the makeup of prosecutor offices around the country. And I said, no, why would I do that? I'm a defense attorney. I right. believe, like, I, as again, as I was trying to say, Charles Hamilton Houston, he once said, um, to be in this skin, and to be a, an attorney, you got a responsibility. And you either are going to be a social engineer for change or you're going to be a parasite on your community. And I have always prided myself in being the first um, to be a social engineer for change. And I just could not understand how I would continue down that path going from a defense attorney fighting on the front lines for my people to locking them up as the top cop. So when did you have that? That turning point where saying, actually, being a prosecutor, I can be the biggest social engineer for change because obviously you're running. So you had to think that. And uh, that's actually where you would be the social engineer for change, not in the defense, because the defense is just that we're playing on the defense. But now you get you just said it like the prosecutor is the first contact because I know people who could it, it don't matter what they do. But if the prosecution don't want to take the case, it's not happening. That actually mm -hmm. happened to me. Like, that happened to me. So when I, uh, we had gotten into some trouble before, uh, and the prosecutor, the lady was, like, literally just out of college. And she basically said to my lawyers, like, yo, he looked like somebody I would date. I can't send him to jail. So she gave me this sweet deal with Haida. And um, I was, like, one of the last violent cases on Haida because my case was violent. She gave me this sweet deal. She set everything up. And she didn't come to court when it was time to, uh, like, somebody else just set in. Oh, that guy was livid. He couldn't believe that he somebody. Couldn't believe he couldn't believe it. But it was too late. Boom, I signed it. I took my year in the county jail. And I got in some trouble after that. But, uh, <laughs> but. Just her looking at me and relating to me, she like, I can't send him to prison. You know what I'm saying? So like I would I like the fact that you're going to be a prosecutor. I think more I think I think more African Americans need to be prosecuted. I actually love the fact I was speaking to my wife about this uh before we came because she was like, you know, my daughter's like, Who y'all got today? I said, We have a lady, she's running for prosecutor. And and I just believe that even though Kim Worthy is an African American woman, right? 
a lot of stuff still factor, and it's not like bashing anybody, but when I see already black prosecutors, because Detroit, should, Wayne County should have a black prosecutor because it's primarily black as far as the demographic, right? So, but everything factors into that, like age, you know what I'm saying? Because if something really heinous she thinks happened, it could be she could think that's heinous because that didn't happen when I was young. But crime is just one of those things that don't age and it don't stop and it's nothing new under the sun. So when did you have that and say, this is how I'm going to be social engineer? So um, after several people came, um, and I would say no to each one, they would send different folks. And they <laughs> sent the head of the Detroit Justice Center, a friend of mine, um, Amanda Alexander. And she took me to Prime and Proper one day for happy hour. She got me a little boozy. <laughs> and uh, she said, Vic, what is your hesitation? And I um, told her, I said, you know, I don't want to be the person responsible for destroying and decimating people's lives, especially people of color and um, families living in poverty. I just I don't want to do that. And she said, think about it. You don't have to. As the gatekeeper, you have prosecutorial discretion. You can use that power for good. And the wheels started spinning. And then I started thinking about, you know, I am at a place in my career where I'm feeling like um, my toolbox is too small and my work is insufficient. I'm not able to help enough people. I have to wait for people to be charged with a crime to come into my office. Um, And by that time, we're already behind. Um, We're constantly defending. And um, even though the onus shouldn't be on us, uh, because you are to be presumed innocent until proven guilty, we know that that's not how it works. I'm constantly humping and racing against the clock to prove your innocence. um, And the entire time you've been presumed guilty, right? Right. Even once, um, and if you are acquitted, you still have something hanging over your head. Right. We got to get arrest records um, disposed of. We got to get fingerprints discarded. Um, And so... In talking with Amanda, she helped me to see and looking at um, folks like Kim Fox, folks like Larry Krasner and some other progressive prosecutors. She said, you know, Vic, go and check out some people who are already in the position of an elected prosecutor who were once defense attorneys and then come in the back and talk to me. So I did that. I started reading um, a book by Professor Michelle Alexander. Um, I started reading a book by Professor Professor Angela J. J. Davis, and I quickly came to um, the place where I said, wait a minute, I can say, as a black attorney, I'm going to divert you out of the criminal justice system. I'm going to have a policy where there's no cash bail requested for nonviolent felonies, for nonviolent misdemeanors. I'm going to say, as the top cop, the prosecutor, that... I'm going to look beneath the surface and do intervention and prevention because I know as a defense attorney that once you go into this system and you get a record, it's only a matter of time before chances are you're going to be coming back because these records relegate black folks and poor folks to the bottom of society. You can't get public dollars to go to school. You can't live in public housing and get funding for it. You can't go and get a job to sustain yourself and take care of a family. So oftentimes what we're doing by giving people convictions instead of other options, we're saying we're taking away your opportunity. And we're saying that we don't value your life. We only value punishing you. We see you as a very black and white figure that you have done something bad. And so now you are bad. And we have to place you in that box. And chances of you coming out are very slim. And what people do, they start committing crimes out of necessity. And we don't get to the root of criminality. Right. And uh, back in 
uh, this this is just a disclaimer because you know the the, the opposition go here it is. So back when I did commit crimes, because I don't, and I'm a, like a, a straightforward citizen, and that's why I'm able to talk about a life after felonies. It was never out of necessity, right? But I know people who commit crimes out of necessity, and they're always in trouble, right? And that's true. Like they just because now you feel like oh the rent due. You whatever the rent due, I can't get a job. My baby hungry. Those are all real concerns about someone who was not able to make it out of the system. We just two of the lucky ones, and that's just we two of the lucky ones to the point where we got our own felonies expunged. Like we did the paperwork, we did all of that, and I know it worked because I can have every license in America that that exists from marriage to weapons to fly a plane. Right. If I if I if I didn't know what I was doing when it came to uh, getting there, because, you know, they just want to they want you in the system a thousand percent. His first probation officer told him because she didn't like him for some reason. The same reason she didn't like him is the same reason that other prosecutor liked him. You know what I'm saying? You young. You got an arrogance about yourself. We had our own money. You know what I'm saying? So it yeah. wasn't no like yeah, uh, pay lawyers. We pay that. lawyers and all of that. So some people don't like that in the system. They want you to rely on the system. And she told him, like, I'll see you back. And, and she, she was, was absolutely she was correct. Right. Yeah, she was out. My stuff wasn't even out the system 30 days. She <laughs> we can laugh about there. it now. Yeah, I, we laughed about it then. Uh, she came down there with like one of her uh, probation officer homegirls, you know, how they work in the office together. She was like, I told you I'll see you again, Mr. Jackson. And she laughed at me. You know what I'm saying? See, that to me is offensive and it's not a joke. Yeah, I, and I um, laughed back, though, because... Of, so what? You did see me. Yeah. What well, you should the, know the is I can complete is, probation. That's the way the system was designed to work. When right. people say the system is messed up, it's broken, it's not working. No, it's perfect. It's it not. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's working the way it was designed to work. This prison system and the criminal injustice system, it replaced slavery, right? Exactly. So when you look at the Constitution, slavery is still permissible if you're incarcerated. Right. And then that takes you to the entire argument of the prison industrial complex and so this the system it feasts on bodies and it depends on bodies it's a parasitic system because it needs to draw you in in order to churn the workout right and i feel like all of that go hand in hand with the music with the drugs with the the way everything hit at the same at the same exact time right you can't tell me that they didn't benefit the most off rap music. Out of uh, when it comes to entertainment and hip hop, we only got a few millionaires that actually picked up the pen and got rich from it. But they got all type of people who invested in jails because people look and say, "Oh, if Jigga could sell that much dope, those was air quotes because you can't see me." But if Jigga could sell that much dope, I can too. So he sent so many people to prison that he should be doing prison reform right now. He didn't say go to prison, but he knew that if he put the words together so vividly. That you can see yourself in them situations. I talking about I got away. You well, know what I'm saying? I don't I don't like to speak to other people's intent without having them in the room because I don't know what his intent was, if that's true or not. But I will say this. Oh no, no, what I'm research saying is, shows uh, that um, that certainly was the intent behind folks with the war on drugs. And so one of the very first policies that I will institute is to decriminalize drug use and drug possession. All drugs? Drugs under a certain amount. All drugs under a certain amount. Right, Absolutely. Right, right. And so, I agree with that because yeah. I feel like drugs, you got to come to me for drugs. Like that's not a crime that you need both people. You need the drug dealer. And so I've never seen somebody on drugs who being forced to be on drugs. You want to get high? You, that shouldn't be against the law. I don't think that should be against the law. It shouldn't be against get, yeah. the law because it's not a criminal issue. Right. And it it's your body. Is, it's, it's a um, public health crisis, right? Yeah. So when people are addicted to substances and when people have mental health issues, they don't get well in the cell. 
So right, right. They actually go crazy. What opportunities are you looking to give to them by locking them up and taking away their quality of life? You're caging them. We don't even treat animals the way that we treat prisoners. We will put people in cages and turn around, throw away the key and forget about them. Give them one hour of fresh air a day. We don't do that to animals. We don't do that to children when our children have done something wrong. So who are we to do it to our fellow man? Right. right. And, and that was well said. So you're running for Wayne County prosecutor, but you are actually from Genesee County? I am, yeah. Okay, so Born how, and raised how did you Flint. get to How did you get down here? And right. shout out to Flint because we got we a big Flint. Flint. Oh, yeah. 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 Flint. A lot of good shout Flint people. Nav, yeah. you know what I'm a lot of good people from Flint said that year. You know what I'm saying? Jake the Flake, you coming up. But how did you get down here? How did you get to be a resident of Wayne County? So I went to um, Flint Southwestern Academy. When I graduated from high school, I went to the University of Michigan. um, And when I left Ann Arbor, I came to um, Detroit for law school at Wayne State. And then I stayed here. Um, I had made contacts here. Um, When I was in law school, I worked um, for the Free Legal Aid Clinic. um, And I had done work with several attorneys in the area. Um, Detroit has a huge African-centered community, which I had started to become familiar with. And as an only child, I absolutely fell in love with them. They embraced me. They made me feel like this was um, a second home. And now I say, you know, I do have two homes. I won't say which one is first or second, obviously. Flint Flint. is first. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Flint Flint is is first. first, But that feels like I'm sliding my Detroit family. So I say I have two homes, right? Um, I'm born and raised in Flint, but this is also home. So let's talk about growing up in Flint as an only child. How was that for you? Because I got a child that's definitely going to be the only child. So, <laughs> like, how was that? Like, were you a spoiled kid? Or, like, did, was it any struggle? Because at one time, Flint was a, a great area. Mm-hmm. Like, they had all the factories up there and everything. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. where did you fall in line of that that process of it becoming the factories moving out? And you know what I'm saying? Like, what age range were you in? Or was the factories I, done by the time? No, they were they were phasing out, um, I would say, late middle school throughout high school. But it was still a pretty vibrant community. Yeah. And it still is a vibrant community. We yeah. have, you know, shout out to people like um, Brandon Quarter. Um, That's my man. He's been up there. He, he oh, up really? Here. Yeah. He's yeah. one of the people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Isaiah. Uh, we have some amazing people that I went to high school with. And I went to high school with Brandon. Okay. Um, we have amazing people back home doing amazing work and so I don't ever want to you know um, convey that Flint was something better back in the day now Flint is still amazing still today right, yeah, absolutely right, yeah. um, and they put a lot of boys in the NBA yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we were yeah. well known uh, for sports yeah. um, but growing up in Flint um, it was special I had a community, and that's something that I want to bring to Wayne County. Um, As an only child, I was raised by a single working mother. Um, She saw the importance of community, um, church, and a village. Um, And I can't say that I would have had the good life that I had without that village that she surrounded us with. Okay. I can say that I was very well loved. Uh, I don't know if I would say I was spoiled. My family probably would say that I was. <laughs> Your cousins. Yeah, yeah, they would. My they baby would. spoiled. I, my baby uh, a brat. Yeah, they would. Like, but I knew how. To, I knew she, my mom instilled a good work ethic in me. Yeah. Um, she used to always tell me, um, "To whom much is given, much is required, and anything worth having is worth working for." So right. I was never a spoiled, lazy child. Yeah. Um, I graduated from high school with a 3.89 GPA. Um, I was active in 
a ton of organizations, and I truly did believe in um, supporting and giving back to the community that was giving to me. So when did it dawn on you that you wanted to make law your life? Someone asked me that recently, and I didn't have an answer because I've always wanted to. I've always enjoyed helping people. Um, My dad used to say, um, you know, it's better to be um, a servant than to be served. And so I grew up. Somebody else just said that to me like Mm -hmm. two days. I can't remember where I read it or. Yeah. So is that is is that a sign for me? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Um, I enjoy coming into contact with people and leaving them better than um, I found them. Yeah. And I think that when you talk about being a lawyer, it's such a powerful tool, again, especially for black folks. And you can use it to lift up so many other black folks and say, hey, I made it here. I'm coming back. I'm getting you. I'm getting you. I'm getting you. But you got to want to come and do that. I want to come. Right. You got to want to do the work. How hard is it to be a criminal defense attorney when you know how the streets really work like you know what i'm saying like because i got my best friend is actually an attorney uh alexandra taylor you know what i'm saying oh that, she's that, running for judge yeah, romulus yeah. she's going to win she's going to win <laughs> yeah. she literally watched them build the courthouse that she go work at and when they started building it, i called her like yo i see them building where you go work at yeah. like when before she started the firm she used to work for uh, a white guy who shall remain nameless who, okay. who she didn't like to work for and i said why are you working for somebody else? You just start one yourself. Mm-hmm. But she was telling me like, yo, it's kind of like a conflict of interest with her moral sometimes because some of the cases that people ask her to take. Have you ever felt like that? No. The reason why is because I believe that I believe in the Constitution. Um, I believe that um, everyone has a right to a defense. And so I tell my clients when they've come in and are accused of doing some very heinous crimes, um, I'll tell them, I don't care. I don't care what they said you did. Um, I'm not your mom. I'm not God. I'm not your priest. So I'm not here to judge you. Um, Do I give my clients lectures? Sometimes, (laughs) sure. Especially when they do things I tell them not to do, like talk to the police. Um, Yeah. That's the first thing. (laughs) Yeah, I I do. Not that I'm older. Like I I, I see the real value and importance of that being the first thing they tell you. Because Uh even if they go scare you, if you don't say nothing, because another case, the same case that we was on, I only talked to the police because the statement that I made made sure my brother walked away. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That was it. I didn't say nothing else more, nothing less. I knew what to be said where we twins. It can't be both of us. You mm-hmm. can't charge you like literally that's what that was it. So in the situation they were saying, Well, if you ain't such and such, you could go. I said, Well, guess what? I am such and such. Mm-hmm. So he could go. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But other than that, I ain't never got in trouble when said I pss- I ain't got nothing to say. Well, for me, it's all about your constitutional rights. Like, that's the role of a defense attorney, right? Right. A role, the the defense attorney is not um, here to get you off from a crime that you may or may not have committed. A defense attorney is here to ensure that throughout this criminal process and the proceedings, that your rights have not been violated and that the government does their job, that they prove beyond a reasonable doubt that you are, in fact, guilty of the crime that they have said that you've committed and that I make them work for that before they can take your liberty away from you. That's my job. And so if that's my job, I'm not here to judge you and say, I think you're a despicable person um, for doing what or even telling me that you did what they've accused you of doing. I wouldn't even want to know. I wouldn't even ask if they did it or not. If, but I'm not a defense attorney. So uh, you actually are the people's lawyer. That's what people call you. How did you get that name? Or did you like, did you get that name to yourself and then just no, um, speak it into existence? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I'm the, like, the people's, people's lawyer. lawyer. No, no, no. <laughs> 
um, that would be like pretty awesome if I woke up and like put on some clothes. Cause like I'm the people's lawyer, but no, um, people started referring to me as such in the grassroots community because um, I have ensured that I was available and accessible to people who were um, charged with crimes after taking direct action, um, protesting. Um, and standing up for the people in the community and folks who are on the front lines doing that work, community activists and organizers, um, sooner or later, they're going to need uh, an attorney, a, de- a defense attorney. And so my husband and I, we practiced together for a while before he became a public defender in the new county public defender's office sometime, I believe, in like September of last year. Yeah. And so um, we nah, would... Nah, before you is that elected or how do you how do you get into a position like that the public so um the public defender's office they handle 20 percent of the felony docket um for wayne county for people who cannot afford to hire their own attorneys and need court-appointed attorneys in wayne county 80 percent of those cases are handled by private attorneys like myself who can sign up to do court-appointed work and then 20 percent of those felony cases are handled by the new public defender office which my husband now works there okay like so not to cut you off but could you just briefly explain to people just because a lawyer is a public defender they don't suck at being a lawyer that is absolutely ever so like your husband is actually a defense attorney who cares he does that's why he's a public defender he like, does people yeah. just oh you get a public defender they go slam you and i'm like no bro because paid lawyers take these cases too mm-hmm. it's just like i don't know who put that in people's head rap music no, I think it's television. I think it's television. television I mean, right like, now. say, for instance, um, the movie that Tyler Perry put out on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. Um, it portrayed a public defender in a very negative light that she was just a sellout to her clients and was just simply going to plead everybody out that she uh, came into contact with. And for the first time, she found herself in a position of apparently caring more than most other times and decided to fight this case and take it to trial. Um, But I was disturbed by that portrayal um, from Tyler Perry. And if I ever sat in a room with him, I would tell him, I think you need to consult with someone who is actually a public defender um, and one of color, because that is not how most public defenders actually um, handle their cases. Do you mean black when you say one of color? Yes. So okay, cause let me stop you right there. We don't use the term yeah, people yeah. of color. We and just, this is why. This is just us though. But when you say people of color, that takes away from being black because now you have a whole bunch of other people that's colors. And when you say that, like when people say that, because that's a new thing, right? A lot of us die for being called colored. I understand, yeah, and I'm, but I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you because okay. when I say it, I, I mean to include, and I think it is dismissive of other minorities who are doing amazing work in the field of law and are acting as defense attorneys. So when I say people of color, do I mean black? Yes. Do I mean only black? No. Um, so I do mean I use word. You know, we're wordsmiths, and so we do use words um, very precisely. And so when I say people of color, I am including black people, but I am not. Ex- excluding other people um, like Latino. I'm not excluding um, other people of color. Um, that's just something that I believe is when you talk about equity and fairness, that that's, that is aligned with that. That's great. Uh, and uh, that's great that because you're not the only person who see it like that, but 
uh, when I talk about just black folks, I will say just black. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I, I talk about black folks first. Like I don't, I don't think that black like everything you just said. I I understand. I don't necessarily agree with, but they struggle wasn't our struggle. They fight wasn't our fight. So I don't think that we should include them when like we if we on the incline. Y'all wasn't there when 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 people was dying and them you. things. You know what I'm no, saying? No, I hear so you. But that's talking truth. about something different. So when we're talking about so when um, you defense attorneys yeah, right, that right. are public defenders right. and are of color right i'm not talking about the black struggle but when we you know i have an african-american studies degree from the university of michigan get to that yeah (laughs) so and and believe me i write hard for my people and when i'm talking about black struggles or black issues I'm going to refer to our people as black people right. because I'm going to be very intentional about the language that I yeah, use. Absolutely. Right, Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I like, but I like how you cleared that up because someone else wouldn't have cleared that up mm-hmm. because they like, they like to just group it as people of color. And since we not just talking about the black struggle, I love the way you cleared that up because when you say it, it's about, when it comes to defense attorneys in this case. In it, right, but right, right. if I ever just want to do something for black people, I will. And that's great because Somebody else wouldn't have cleared that up. You know what I'm saying? And it, and we talking like you gonna need other people on this race in this fight that you're going to. And some of them might have a little color to them, and yeah. some of their color might be pale, and some of it might be darker skin. You know what I'm saying? Because now, it's for all of Wayne County. Yeah, yeah Wayne, Wayne County is only forty percent African American. Right. Word, I didn't know that. Yeah, like, Detroit well, is the blackest city in America. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. But yeah. Wayne County, I don't know the demographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is. If, it, look it up. Look no, no, it up. No, no, I, no, I think yeah. Atlanta is number two. Yeah. Now, why do you have to get elected to be the, the you got to get elected to be the head prosecutor mm-hmm. or just to the prosecutor's office? No, you have to be elected to be the head prosecutor. So anyone else that is an assistant prosecutor, they're hired by the, the elected prosecutor. So basically, when you win this race, you clean the house. Speaking, sister, talk about it. <laughs> I am going to um, be very intentional about who remains in that office. Right. right, right, um, right. So I'm not going to go in um, and say, "Up, oh, there's Everybody a new go. yeah, new <laughs> there's, a, there's a new person in town, and everyone's losing their job." No, um, but I do know that there's going to be some pushback on policies. Like, um, for instance, I will tell my line prosecutors that you will at prior to sentencing. Um, on the file for a defendant indicate if you are asking for jail time how much money per day that is going to cost the county. You are also going to indicate how much money per day that's going to cost the county on the record at sentencing. And if I get pushback from that, if I understand and hear that you're not doing that, that's going to bring you to my office for a sit down. And we're going to talk about if your values line up with mine and what I'm trying to set for this office. Right. Because why would somebody give you pushback on something which seems so simple unless you're trying to do something that's underhanded in the law world? So when you go in and, you know, like you you bringing your people in, like, are these going to be former defense attorneys as well? Like. Do you have a vision of bringing more defense attorneys to the prosecutor's office? Not necessarily. I do have a vision of bringing more black people to the prosecutor's office. So I'm not going to say that, you know, I'm going to turn the prosecutor's office into a makeshift public defender's office. No, no, no. no. I was just saying, like, you know, like, you looking at your people. I'm going to look and see. Well, you know, I'm not going to come in like a bull in a china shop. Right. Like I'm going to be very present and I'm going to spend time um, in 36 district court and Frank Murphy and in the various district courts around Wayne County. I'm going to be seeing what these courtroom prosecutors are doing. 
thing, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to be very present and um, intentional, and I'm going to say, how does what's what, what process did you go through to, to determine? To yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me what your thought process. So is. you go hold them accountable for the absolutely, people. Yeah. and I want to be held accountable. That's one of my biggest concerns with our current Wayne County Prosecutor's right. Office. Well, we don't have any accountability or transparency. If you get the votes that's able to vote out my house, we will want, we will hold you accountable. And what I mean the votes out of my house because I vote my interests, right? I don't get in trouble, right? So I don't really need the prosecutor. But I got a slew of little cousins who get in trouble. <laughs> All the well, time. I got to tell you, so <laughs> let, let, let me try to reshape your mind a bit. People think, I'm a good person. I don't do anything. I don't get in trouble. That doesn't mean anything. I'm not, I didn't say that. that. So, I was joking, no, but I just don't. St- but I'm making do my business. the prosecutor. And here's why. Because you have children? Always. You need the prosecutor. Right. You need the prosecutor because we currently have a prosecutor who recently charged a 10-year-old black child out of Canton with an assault for that. throwing yeah, yeah. a dodgeball. That. Yeah, that could that. have been your child. Yeah, I actually I have thought a that son. was my homeboy uh, son. son. Yeah. Because his, his father looked a lot like my homeboy. And I'm like, damn, is that dog, son? And uh, that was ridiculous. And uh, no, I was joking. I just make it my business not to put them folks in my business. You feel what I'm saying? I understand. But uh, And when you said you, I want to touch on this, you said you was going to hire, you, you was going to make it your business to make the prosecutor's office, uh, you put some more black people in the prosecutor's office. It needs office. to be more diverse. But, but when you do that, I want I'm I'm asking you right now, could you make it blacks from all walks of life? Because, Absolutely. you know, black people are under the misconception that like all black people are, are the same. same and we not. No, <laughs> I think. How does the saying go? All uh, skin folks and kin folks. Right. And I believe that. Right. So. My husband, um, he got ganked from our private firm because the public defender's office was looking for black male criminal defense attorneys from Detroit. The reason why they wanted someone to have that experience of being black male growing up in Detroit because they would understand what their clients are going Go through. Right. They can communicate with their clients on a level like no one else can. Yeah. Um, and my husband does it. I hear him on the phone sometimes <laughs> and I'm like, are you talking to one of your friends or your clients? Right. But his clients respond well to that. Um, his clients may not respond well Um, depending on who they are and where they are if he came at it from a different angle. And we believe in meeting people where they are in order to help them. So I don't believe that you should have, you know, uh, nothing but um, Ivy League educated black attorneys in the prosecutor's office. Is there anything wrong with those um, black attorneys? Absolutely not. They just can't relate to some of these crimes. In I, the inner I city. Even I would say, say in that the they can't city. relate I because I would city. also say that there are people who grew up in the inner city who left and no longer can relate either. So I'm right, not right. quick to brand them. I just think that you should have um, diversity. So there should be a combination of Ivy League educated and um, local small town, um, you know, college yeah. um, educated folks. Do you have an arch rival in the prosecutor's office? Like every time y'all go up against each other, it's a, it's a, it's uh, the furniture no. moving. So my, my philosophy is you get more bees with honey than vinegar right and so um that's a kind of my husband and i were like day and night um i'm the nice one (laughs) so he definitely got an article yeah i'm the nice one um i know i do joke um i ran into an attorney at the bar um for an event a couple of weeks ago and um he's down down river in a community that i routinely have issues with with the police um this community's um, police department is known for nothing but misconduct. Uh, Taylor? 
It's Taylor. <laughs> gotta be Taylor. It, it gotta be. You said well, Down River. Yeah. That, it was the first time I ever got yeah. arrested. It wasn't Taylor yeah. when yeah. I was junior in high school. High school. Yeah. Like, that was the first yeah. arrest. Yeah. So yeah. I told this particular attorney, and and we're very friendly. When I saw him, and I said, uh, "Hey, you know, I'm about to, I'm about to get a case with you and replace another defense attorney that's already on it." And I told him the case. He goes, "Oh, I heard." I said, "Yeah." I said, "You know what?" You know I'm gonna kick your ass, right? And right. he's like, I know, I know, I <laughs> another, know. He said, when I heard that you were gonna take over the case, I was like, oh no, Victoria's gonna kill me. And so, <laughs> you know, we do that back and forth, but they know I'm gonna I'm gonna work the case. Right. And if they don't work just as hard, then I'm gonna dog walk them. Yeah. And that's my responsibility to my client. You didn't hire me to sit and be nice, polite, and quiet. I've had judges tell me on the record, counselor, calm down. I will not calm down. I wasn't paid to be calm. You have just, with your ruling, taken the legs out from underneath my client and he walked in here on two and he's walking out on nubs i will not be quiet about that i will not be calm so when you went home and told your husband like okay everybody didn't ask me i'm finally gonna run what was his reaction he was so happy so he was also one of those people who's like are you gonna run for public office one day and i was like no i'm not i don't like politicians i don't want to be a politician and he was like your mom has groomed you for this and i was like no 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 i grew up you know doing um like a lot of like i said um community engagements um a lot of public speaking and advocacy on behalf of certain people and so it you know this it, it felt for him that this was the natural next step. Right. Um, but I never thought in a million years I would be on the ballot to run for public office. This is just mind blowing to me still. So one thing I want to uh, I want to touch on is it's a lot of cases that we've been seeing as of late, especially with a show like uh, For Life that's on where it just was some prosecution misconduct and people like been put behind bars forever for crimes that they've been telling people they didn't commit and everything like that. Can you kind of touch on how you would kind of go and look over some of these things to make sure it's not innocent men in jail or women? So that's a, a to, I'm going to break that up into two parts. So there's one component of um, like conviction integrity and looking at convictions that should have never taken place to begin with. And there is right now a conviction, conviction integrity unit in the current prosecutor's office. It's only staffed by one full time attorney. And so my response to that in terms of looking at folks um, who have already been convicted is to um put more funds in that particular unit in that office um, because that's a huge problem, right? Right. Um, People who have been incarcerated for something that they didn't do and for a very long time, that's death by incarceration. The Michigan, um, Michigan does not currently have, we we don't have um, death penalty, but you might as well, if you're going to lock people up for the remainder of their natural lives, especially for something they didn't do. Now, when you talk about getting um, to that conviction, my response is very simple. Investigate prior to charging. We currently have a system where we charge first, investigate later. We have a system where we will charge and overcharge just to get people to be bullied into taking a plea. If I charge you with 11 felonies and I offer you to plead down to three, are you going to take that so you can go home to your family, possibly? Yes. Are you going to take it if you're staring down the barrel of a gun that has a mandatory 25 year sentence, but you're offered two years in the county jail? Yes, you are. You know, and so that to me um, is 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 improper um, that you will overcharge and use it as a negotiating tool to get people to uh, plead to something that they may or may not have done. Um, And then when you talk about, um, you know, bringing charges. We currently have 
a number of cases that we know as defense attorneys, we're just going to have to push the envelope and go to trial. And on the first day of trial, we know that the, the complainant may not show, the prosecutor may not have the evidence that they need to move forward, and then they'll dismiss it. That's problematic. Right. Why did you just put this person through all of this and you didn't have anything to begin with? You were just hoping that they would roll Play over out. like over 90 percent of the people because we know the majority of criminal cases do not make it to trial. They right. end in pleas because people are fearful. Yeah, they so I would simply. Yeah. yeah. You know, when when charges are brought, um, police reports are given to prosecutors who will review and then determine if charges should be filed or not. Um, and in a. Um, endorsement questionnaire, I just recently laid out a new plan that my office would bring. Um, and it's very simple. You need to have more than just the police report before you can authorize charges. Because what happens is if I walk out of the studio and I say I was in that closed room with four black men and they all um, sexually assaulted me or they all threw equipment and beat me black and blue and I don't have a single, um, you know, piece Mark of, anything. yeah, there's, there's nothing else to go along with that it's just my word against yours depending on the officers that i get how they write that report and the prosecutor that receives it all of y'all can be charged yeah i just seen dad say like uh ask a question he said what's the uh deadliest thing on the police and then you know of course people all oh, the gun the, taser. the pen the pen, the pen. The because pen. they put that and once it's in black and white you that's gotta what fight I was saying. Yeah, you that's gotta what fight i was saying it, yeah. that's how we knew it was taylor because when i had i uh, got in trouble on taylor uh like they just wrote the, the just so much ridiculousness to charge me with extortion and, mm -hmm. and stuff. We were in eighth grade. And no mob charges. We was in seventh. No mob charges. No, you no, hear eighth grade. We got kicked out the school. That was eighth grade. We couldn't play basketball. Stop. Anymore. I'm okay, sorry. Okay. Wait a minute. Y'all were charged with felonies in middle school. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> extortion. That's a problem. Um, it was Taylor. That's it how we Taylor. knew exactly what we said. Yeah, yeah, I went yeah. to Hoover Junior High. I'll never forget the day. Like, they called me in the office. They was really mad because OJ had one. Like, they called <laughs> me in the office, uh, and the door was, like, cracked. And I'm like, why is the door cracked? As soon as I came in, he kicked the door shut. Like, yeah, buddy, you're coming with me. And my mom used to, she used to, because she didn't want us to get in trouble, she used to be like, you know, you go to jail. I'm not coming to get you. They had already told, like, they took me to the police station, everything. I just and my mama was at the police station. My mama was at the they police station. They told them that they, they already took them. They already took me downtown to uh, East Forest. East Forest. Like, I just remember that, and I know how Taylor cut. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they it's not just Taylor, though. Oh, of course um, not. We from Inkster. It's my, Dearborn, yeah, all that. Yeah, part of my platform is to clog the school-to-prison pipeline. We know that it's not just once you turn 18, you are an adult and you think and behave as an adult. No, we know that scientifically the brain is not fully developed and matured until about the age of 24 or 25. And then if you have extenuating circumstances and trauma as a child, that age is pushed out even further until, you know, you you should be held criminally culpable, if you will. Because right. you see a lot of people now, they 30, but this is the first time they really being adults because they finally getting it is because of all the stuff that happened to them while they were And young. that's why it's so important to look at the reasons why, the underlying reasons why people commit crime. If you really want to make communities safer, if you really want to decrease crime, then you have to say, what caused you to commit that crime and address those underlying reasons and not just punish people. People don't learn from punishment. Right, right. People will rise above, given the opportunity to do so are you in fear of your life or anything being a prosecutor that sound like they want to make some change um that was a good one bro i am not foolish and naive enough to think that there won't be any pushback yeah. i have followed um black female prosecutors around the country that are doing progressive work all of them um have received 
um, death threats. Their children have received death threats. Um, you know, one prosecutor. What do they in think Florida, will happen to you if you threaten a prosecutor and they catch you? Like, <laughs> what do they think go after? You're going like, to get prosecuted, buddy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. That, I don't that know. Was a good one though, because I didn't even think of that. But especially that is, being a black is, woman. Yeah, like, you know, that is something because um, your white counterpart males are going to be extremely yeah. jealous. There, you go in because. Out with the old, in with the new. You sound like you got, you know, it's anybody else in the race. You ain't got to say names. Or is it no, just, it's, it's you just and her. The current out. prosecutor and myself. Yes, this no is, one has ever challenged the current prosecutor. That's what I was, I was about to say. No one down for a boxing years. match. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter, right? You gotta, but this is what I want to know, right? Because she's been like, she's like just been there, and people hate change. Like, uh, what are you going to do as far as name recognition, facial recognition, so people understand and know who you are? And uh, like us sitting with you right here, like I get a better understanding without even never knowing you but everybody not gonna get to have an hour conversation or get to uh listen to this conversation how do you get people on board how do you get stuff like police unions and stuff like that on board because how do we get any union behind yeah how do we get how do we get these people on board how do we get that behind you so i can tell you that um when you are running up against an incumbent who does have name recognition, you have to have a very good, strong ground game and um, in the air game. So that means that you have to have foot soldiers um, who are going to have a, a serious door knocking game. You need to be out in the community and visible. Um, you need to have surrogates in the community and visible with your literature, educating people on who you are and what you believe in and stand for. You also have to have um, funding for commercials for, um, and that's TV and radio for yeah, Bill. You should, yeah. I mean, you should really look into that because one it's, thing about it, it, it lasts forever. And during the time in the race, like once you play a radio commercial, it's over. Mm-hmm. But if say you got a commercial on a podcast and I don't get to listen to this podcast till four days before the race. And then I can be like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That might be the fifth time Podcasts they heard are, are also you know very I mean? good. We, I, and I just know so, running against an incumbent, like you have to, it, we got to know, like how do we get this message out there? I don't even think nobody else's name been in on the bag. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't even got to vote for, you didn't even have to vote for her. She, you, she's normally the only name on there, she right? She has always been the only name. Yeah, well, yeah, why? The last why 15 is, years. Why is nobody, to, what type of? I'm, I'm not in that group because I'm running. So you'd have <laughs> right, to ask yeah, the people I'm, who yeah. didn't run. I don't know. She must got a lot of dirt. On, I, I don't want to say that because you on here and I don't want them to. That don't got none of it. Yeah, yeah she must got a lot of dirt on people or something for nobody to challenge her in that world. Man. Or somebody got to really be from the outside looking in. You got to think about how she got here. She came from Flint, Flint through yeah. Ann Arbor around to uh, Wayne County. Uh, so you can see something different, right? Yeah. Like uh, everybody always complain about the prosecution. But again, I don't think people look into what the prosecution actually, do. actually does or know what role they actually play. In when I ain't gonna lie though, man. Jack McCoy was my man on Law & Order, the original. <laughs> it's been cases that. That, that, that I felt real strong about that he should have went hard on and then it's been cases that he was a little <laughs> iffy on. But that's give and take. I understand it. And then by my best friend being a lawyer, she was once a prosecutor out in the Woodhaven area or whatever, and she would explain a lot of different things to me. Like, at one point, like, when you coming from where we come from, you be so close-minded to think, like, that they out to get you in a sense, but you don't really know that you giving them everything they need because you don't understand their mm-hmm. job. I don't know any new criminals who actually understand the laws they're breaking until they break those laws, they go to jail, they get in the law library, and they see this is what I was doing. This is how they was able to and do it. And they should have been given an opportunity. To, yeah, they so should have been diverted out of the criminal justice system, offered an opportunity to do um, a diversion program where it does not require them 
to enter a temporary guilty plea as we now have it. Right. Um, that's not true diversion. You right, know, if I, I'm, if I'm I really, already guilty. Yeah, so if, if, I, if I want to divert you out of the criminal justice system and not cause you any harm and give you an opportunity, I'm not going to say, well, for six months, I want you to have a, a, a temporary guilty plea on your record yeah. and then I'll dismiss that it, that it that and get away with it. two years to get off your record. You yeah, know yeah. Well, so. you know, some diversions are for six months, some are for a year, some are for a year and a half. It all just depends. Um, but no, I don't think that, especially our young people or people living in poverty or certainly not people dealing with mental health issues should be walking around with a criminal record for things that um, we can say, hey, no, 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 no. Let's get you some help. Let's right, put right. you in the hands of some social service agencies and some community partners. Right. And then we work the plan and you come back. And we and see what's going on with yeah, you. Yeah, see, yeah, I didn't yeah. understand back in the day when everybody like Engler about to close all the mental uh, all the mental health facilities. I didn't understand. Yeah, yeah. I didn't understand the effect because we was young. But mm-hmm, now that mm-hmm. I'm looking back, I'm like. That was the beginning of like he really did that, and now it's 2020, and now you got people who locked up who don't deserve to be locked up just because they they need some 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 Medicaid or something so they could get some help. But uh, how can people reach you if they want to help you? They want to support. They want to know more. About, when is the election first? August fourth is the election, um, and I can be reached on Facebook Victoria Burton Harris for Wayne County Prosecutor, Twitter VBH the number four prosecutor, and our website is. Um, www.victoria2020.org and I also have an Instagram account but I don't I think it's the same as my Twitter I believe and what was the Twitter again uh, Twitter is VBH the number four prosecutor all right well uh, we definitely well, you go win because you go be on there your name gonna be on there but no you got a lot of stuff that I, I feel like people once they hear and understand because the, the sitting prosecutor never even told anybody what the prosecutor do. So now that just little insight, now people know that you want to defer them from going to jail and getting that. Because once that once you got that F on you, man, it's, 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 it's like a scarlet letter. Yeah. yeah. Once yeah. you got that F on you. And I'm happy that we didn't get in any more trouble where we couldn't get it off. You know what I'm saying? But it's not the end of the world if you do got that F. You know what I'm saying? You could get it off. You could everything. This is my message to criminals because I used to be a criminal. I'm no longer a criminal. I hate that word. What criminal? Yeah. Why do you label them criminals? I, I don't know. That's stuck the in the English way. language. <laughs> <laughs> but just because you were a criminal, don't mean you have to be, and you don't have to accept that. You don't got to let somebody hold that against you forever. You know, because I ain't been in trouble when down there. 15 years you know what i'm saying so i'm not gonna own no felony i had a felony i forget actually because i i got a passport i got a uh a cpl i had a marijuana card i got whatever you could get that you want to do so if you want to carry guns man just go get a license to carry them guns you ain't shooting them no way you know you know what i'm saying if you if you in the marijuana and you want to smoke just go get you a card bro you everything that you thinking that's cool that you're doing this criminal activities really everybody else doing and they doing them legal that's why they ain't on probation for 80 years that's why they ain't going to prison because they was 19 and got caught with a gun and now they need a gun to protect their family and got caught with a gun and now they got to do the two you just gotta you just gotta be wise about what you're doing and i i would love to see you in the office and i would love to see you do change you know and i'm gonna vote for you and, and i'm not a voter you know what i'm saying like straight up i'm not gonna get on here to take more yeah I, I, yeah i'm not a voter vote. because i don't trust the system but that like but what you're saying makes sense to me and i under i can see it in you i can feel it like okay she ain't about to get in there and charge a 10-year-old for playing dodgeball like we all did. I so have that, a little black boy. So that makes you play dodgeball. Listen, so that yeah. makes me think somebody used to get hit in the face with the ball during dodgeball back in the day. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they couldn't move. So 
we you got my support. I don't know about bro, but you got you got my support. You get August what? August fourth. August fourth. I'm there. We vote at Smith Chapel because that's where I vote at. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I ain't gonna say where I vote at because I can't even remember. But yeah, like he said, I feel it. I don't feel like you just gave us the politician spiel because you're for the people. Right, you're for the people, and we like I love that, and I I want to see the change. And I want to see how that change affect the community because it only really take one person to care. A lot of people come from places where they don't even think people care about them. The prosecutor is so powerful. I'll tell you, there was a black woman prosecutor um, in Florida. Um, She has she's no longer running. Um, Well, she's not running for reelection because um, cases were taken from her because she refused to. do or and bring the death penalty that's the death penalty is um still permissible in florida she didn't believe in it she strongly believes against it and so the attorney general and the governor said we're gonna just start taking cases well only in america yeah (laughs) so america you know i had a conversation with her and she said something that i carry with me and i agree with it wholeheartedly there are only two types of people who want to be prosecutors and who become prosecutors those who are lovers of justice those who are lovers of the law. And we know history shows us that you cannot be both. And I love justice. I believe in the Constitution, yes, but I love justice. We, I can't say that I'm a lover of the law because at the, the law at one point allowed black folks to be slaves. The right. law at one point said that black folks were not human beings, that we were three-fifths of a person and we were property, right? And there are tons of laws that are unjust, I'm not a Can't proponent law, of yeah. all the laws. I'm a proponent and seeker of justice. Dope, dope. Hey, AJ, if they want to get at you. Uh, TCE Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to be a part of the show, just like drop us some feedback, whatever you go do. PR at TCOHH.org. What about you? Uh, they can hit me at SL Jackson and the number three on Instagram because I am an award-winning best-selling author and I yeah. will have a sign in Inkster that says, Welcome to Inkster, home of SL Jackson, the award-winning best-selling author. We probably going to try to wrap that up before the end of the year. I think yeah. that's coming yeah. before the end yeah. of the year. And it will be on Annapolis and Inkster Road. When you coming up Annapolis, headed toward Middle Belt. And the reason that it will be on Annapolis and Inkster Road, because even though one side of that is Westland, my grandfather bought a house on Annapolis, and uh, it'll be a great thing to have right. that on Annapolis and Inkster Road. Right. So that's what it is with me, Animal Instinct, The Urban Jungle, order your copy, two ninety nine for it's the e-book. e-book. You know what I'm saying? The physical go come out even bigger. The audio go come out even, even bigger. bigger because this is my content. I own it. I will release it the way I see fit, and no one will tell me how or when to do that. I'm SJ. I'm AJ. I want for my brother what, what I, I want, want for myself. myself.